Hello and welcome to Galaxy of Film. I am your host, Max. I'm joined with my co-host, Dakari and Danilo. And today we're going to be talking about Disney Pixar Soul on Disney Plus and Wonder Woman 1984 in theaters and on HBO Max. So how are you guys doing? Pretty good, man. Been a little lazy, but you know. Hey, it's the New Year, so. Yeah, Happy New Year's, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Like, we can't really rush everything yet because the new year just started, so, you know. What, um, what are you guys looking forward to to this year, movie-wise? Like, what's your number one? I know a lot of things are kind of, like, indefinitely on hold because of COVID. I'm, I'm not sure what my number one is, but the movies I'm definitely looking forward to seeing are Definitely No Time to Die, um, Dune, um, Coming to America sequel. Um, damn, what's the other movie? Um, the King's Man, which is like the Kingsman prequel, mm-hmm. um, and Black Widow, and a couple more. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, to Free Guy a lot, Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, that looks interesting. And uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I'm a big Ghostbusters fan. Uh, let's hope it's good because that the Ghostbusters remake was not that good. I boycotted it, bro. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't boycott it, it, but like it's not good. Isn't coming to America too like an Amazon Prime exclusive or original? Yes, it is. I need to watch the first one, man. I know that you haven't just came out. You haven't seen the first one, dude? No, I haven't. Oh my god! I also haven't seen Trading Places, which is a big shocker because I love. I haven't seen that one either. You're not alone. What are you looking forward to, Danilo? (laughs) Oh, his connection is still shit. I guess he'll hop in randomly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Ghostbusters, especially, man. I was really upset when that got delayed of all things. Um, Honestly. I think Free Guy and Ghostbusters are my big two. Uh, my hype for Black Widow kind of just died, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, it died a little bit, but I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but it's nothing compared to Ghostbusters for me. Yeah, same thing with... Um... I don't think it's anything compared to, like, No Time to Die or Doom. Because, like, No Time to Die was, like, my second most anticipated movie of 2020, but that shit got pushed back, so, you know. And aren't they a bunch of streaming services bidding for it currently? I don't know. I haven't looked into that. I wouldn't be shocked if there was. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not sure if they'll, they'll give it up for a streaming service, considering it's Craig's last run. Exactly, and it's the 25th Bond movie. Come on. Yeah, that's true, too. That's, that's very true. Like We've been waiting to get to the 25th Bond movie. For like 24 other movies now, right? It's fucking crazy. Exactly, <laughs> man. It's uh, a so huge just... franchise. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely. I do want to give an apology in advance to our listeners. Uh, my noisy-ass neighbors are up to it again. So if you guys hear any thumping, Apologies in advance. What, what the hell are they doing? Bro, my neighbor, they got like four fucking kids in one room. It's ridiculous. Whoa. Okay. Um, I'm also not sure if we even discussed it last episode. We're talking about Mandalorian Season 2 because it was just such a long, dedicated episode. Um, but recently in the Star Wars community, we lost Jeremy Bullock. Right before mm-hmm. 2020 ended, rest in peace, Jeremy. I had a nice chance to meet him in Awesome Con 2018. Um, really, just a lovely guy, man. Pretty heartbreaking that he's gone. 
I think it was like ten days after Dave Prowse died too. It was it was not long after Dave Prowse passed. Yeah, really, really saddening, man. I saw that on Disney Plus. They went ahead and added a tribute to Jeremy at the end of Mando season two. Yeah, I saw it right after I the saw Book that. Of reveal. Yeah, well, that was good. Hello, you. motherfucker. Where have you been, <laughs> dude? I got disconnected again. Jesus Christ! Oh what are you God. looking forward to this year for movies? Dune. And that's about it. But I'm not going to watch it on HBO Max. I'll, I will for sure go to a theater to see I'm that. I'll go in a theater to see that. That's the Neva Lanouve, my guy. That is uh, an IMAX movie all the way, man. That's the Neva yeah. Lanouve. And the Neva Lanouve is... Go ahead. I think, honestly, just all the Warner Brother movies I'm looking forward to, only to go see them in a the theater. Because yeah. there's no way I'll... You know, I, we're not, we haven't talked about that yet. The Warner Brothers... With straight to streaming, yeah, uh, man, but that that upsets that upsets me a lot, and so I'll always go over to a theater over sitting in the comfort of my home to a theater. Oh yeah, most definitely, I agree on that. Which we can dig more into that when we talk about Wonder Woman, since that's the first one of the the big box office names to just hit streaming. I know, like Mulan did it, and Onward. Um, <clears throat> What was another one that did that earlier this year? Uh, Scoob, Tenet. Trolls. You said, oh, Tenet as well. Yeah, yeah Tenet. All right. Trolls uh-huh. was probably the first um, that, like, really did the straight-to-streaming, same DVD. Onward, they did, like, a month after it came out, they put it to streaming. And Tenet is not on streaming yet, I don't think. It's on Vudu. Okay. You can buy it digitally already. Oh, okay. That's yeah, it wasn't we straight are still to gonna watch. It was just straight to um to VOD. I'll probably end up buying the Blu-ray. Make it the 4K. Spend the extra five dollars. <laughs> why? Why wouldn't you? The 4K comes with a Blu-ray copy. But why would I spend money on a 4K if I don't have a 4K player or a 4K TV? Because you can just but go just ahead gonna, and save yeah. that version. And it's just going to be like DVD as well. DVD, Blu-ray are eventually going to go out of style or very less, and it'll be 4K, and we'll move on to the next bigger um, resolution. Okay. You might as well, man, or just sell the, the 4K disc out of the Blu-ray, or the, uh, the case, man, and get the Blu-ray. Mm. All right. Or sell the Blu-ray because, you know, you can play 4K disc in a Blu-ray player. I tried putting Wonder Woman on a Blu-ray player. This shit wouldn't play. Really? No. Yeah, we did it with Halloween, man. We just got a pop-up message saying it wouldn't um, adjust to the resolution, but it was still playing. Yeah. Maybe I it's only that. certain certain scans. It's kind of odd. You need a 4K cable. There's a 4K like HDMI cable you kind of need as well. It now shows it on the back of uh, the hard copies. It shows like what you need to access 4K, and it's a 4K player, 4K mm-hmm. TV. And an upgraded HDMI cable. Yeah, I know HDMI I saw that okay. somewhere. I'm trying to think. Where's my tenant copy? Let's see if it says it. Because the last release yeah, I bought was Sonic. Listen, if I'm gonna get tenant on 4K, then I'm and I'm I'm gonna get the still book. If it's still in stock. I don't know if it is, man. I know that still book is isn't. selling out pretty quick. Tenet. Whatever, man. Let's see. Uh, it's in stock online. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, they got one on in Fayetteville, actually. Oh, okay. But it's sold out in Raleigh. Oh, okay. So you can go online, 35 bucks. Just go for it, bro. 
But anyways, let's just go ahead and dive into our first topic, guys. Disney Pixar's Soul. Um, this will be a spoilery review, I suppose. It's been on Disney Plus. I assume almost everyone has Disney Plus. I mean, it's pretty dirt cheap. Let's be real here. But when we do Wonder Woman, we're going to do a, a quick spoiler-free review and then dig into the spoiler territory. Um, yeah, because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> so first off, um, did you guys enjoy Soul? Oh, yeah, I fucking loved it. Yes and no. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear like my full thoughts on it just yet, but I enjoyed it a lot, but... I don't, something about it just felt slow or something. It's not like my favorite Pixar, but you know, I still don't think Pixar has have a, has a miss yet. You know, with a bad film, so to speak. Oh, the good dinosaur sucks. With the except with the exception of Cars Two. Cars Two is not that bad, man. Um, it's pretty. I'm bad. at like original ideas, kind of. You know, like oh. first time original. I've never seen uh, the Good Dinosaur, so I can't speak to that. It's I mean, not. But I'm not saying I hate it. I'm not saying I hated Soul. I'm just saying I enjoy other Pixar movies over it. I still thought it was a good quality movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, So the synopsis is a musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. Man, I got to say, man, on my my 4K HDR TV, Soul looked beautiful. Listen, Pixar really has come so far with their animation because half of it looks incredibly real, especially in, like, the city. Oh, um, the shot where Joel, or not Joel, I was thinking about Last, uh, yeah, Last of Us, when Joe is walking down the street with a crowd yeah. of people around him. Dude, it looks breathtaking. That looks so real. Like, I was impressed with Toy, did you guys see Toy Story 4? No. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Okay, so I was so impressed in Toy Story 4 seeing, like, the different lighting bounce off the types of material the toys are made out of. Like, how Bo Peep was, like, porcelain, so she'd be shinier than, like, Buzz. Yeah, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was impressive to me. But, like, seeing the fabrics and sweaters, um, seeing all the pieces of hair and the barbershop scene in Seoul, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous, man. Well, even the opening uh, scene with uh, him and uh, he was teaching those kids. I mean, that almost looked like it was like real actors, and they just put animation over it. In my opinion, when he's teaching the piano and stuff, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. The setting animation has came a long way in the past twenty years. Very much, very much so, man. Oh, (sighs) gosh. Visually, this is probably the best animation I've seen. This, I mean, this past year, it probably is the best animated film of 2020. Easily. I, I can't uh, think of anything else animated that was that could be considered, you know, best contender. I know some people thought highly of Onward, which I totally skipped. I haven't watched it. Um, Enjoyed it because I have a sister and it's about siblings. So I actually really enjoyed uh, Onward more than I thought I would. Yeah, see, my parents got tired of me and never had another one. So I can't relate. (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. Oh, fuck it. (laughs) My bad. I didn't mean like Um, that. Yeah, I totally skipped Onward, so I can't relate to that, though. But 
visually, Soul is gorgeous. I loved it. Um, quirky plot. I really thought that Soul was going to go more in depth with just dying. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what the, that's the vibe I got from the trailer of just them, you know, kind of like soul searching almost. Not yeah. they, uh, are, are we doing spoilers yet? Yeah, we can do spoilers for soul. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had no idea they were gonna come back to life that fast. Like go back Me into neither. his body that fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had no clue. No idea. Yeah. Like from like, that I first. I that was the point. Like that first trailer is only when I watch. I don't even know if they did a second trailer, honestly. But that first one, um, where you just see Joe like dying in the street, and I think you see someone else die too in the first trailer. I thought we were going to see a, a Pixar movie about several people dying and their souls connecting. Oh wow! Now that's interesting too. I didn't get that idea. I knew it was going to be about the jazz musician who dies, mm-hmm. and then he like kind of, di- and then I thought it was him trying to like soul search like oh you know what's life what's music do i really enjoy this which he kind of did in a sense mm-hmm. you know but he did it in the real one real world not in the soul world i thought it would be more kind of like a inside out you guys see that one i skipped inside out i didn't see that one either that, or coco inside out is great and i love coco so yeah. i still need to watch that one maybe i'm misremembering the trailer but i really thought it was going to be several people dying and we see their souls transfer on. Okay, yeah. So I was a little bit a little bit taken away that I was just focusing on Joe and 22, the uh, the infant soul that's there. Um, they're a great duo, I'll give them that. I oh mean, yeah, I enjoyed them. I don't think very highly of Jamie Foxx as an actor for whatever reason. Really? Um. Like, when you just say Jamie Foxx to me, man, like, I don't, I was like, oh, Jamie Foxx, okay. But then, like, I take a step back, I was like, oh, wait, that's fucking Django. Of course I like Jamie Foxx. See? <laughs> it's like, automatically, when someone says Jamie Foxx, I think of Electro for whatever reason. I don't blame you for that, though. Or, um, I forget the guy's name from Baby Driver. I think of that character, too. Like, I don't think of Django off the top of my head for whatever reason. Which is crazy to me. I usually affiliate, you know, Samuel Jackson of Tarantino stuff just because he's in almost all of them. Yeah. But yeah, Jamie Foxx did a pretty good job doing a voiceover for Joe. Um, what was what was the what's her face's name? What's twenty two's name? Is that Kristen Wiig? Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Oh, yeah. That was Tina Fey. I saw yeah. something else with Kristen Wiig and I forget. Um, yeah, I'm not too much. Wonder Woman. Tina... You're right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, I'm tired. <laughs> um, yeah, Tina Fey. She sounded alright as 22. Didn't mind her. I'm not a big Tina Fey fan, so it is what it is. You know? I only know Tina Fey from one of the greatest movies of all time, Mega Man. Mega Man? It. Yeah, the blue guy. There's a Mega Man movie? You yeah, mean Mega the Man. fan film? Oh, Mega Mind. Oh, I thought you meant Mega Man. What I say? Bomber. You said Mega oh, Man. Oh, no. Oh, my bad, my bad. Mega Mind, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I thought you meant so, it was a Mega Man. Talking about the video game. Oh, I love Mega my Man. My bad, my bad. Fucking love Mega Man. Not a Mega Mind. I want a With Mega Man. Fish. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the DreamWorks movie? Yeah. I like Tina Fey from SNL. That's about it. Hmm. Um, any other comments on Soul you guys want to touch apart? I definitely think it's worth a watch. This is one of my top contenders for 2020 for sure. 
Yeah, out of all the movies I've seen, it's definitely up there, you know. Even though it kind of, like, touches on, like, similar beats from, like, previous other Pixar movies, I still think it works as its own animated film, you know. I think Especially, when it comes to Pixar, it's necessary to have those beats. Yeah, which makes sense. You know, it's kind yeah. of its identity for Pixar films. Yeah, and I love the I love the representation of, um, you know, African American culture and everything because we rarely see that in animated movies, regardless. So I was happy to see all that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed uh, Soul. I thought the strongest point of the entire movie was the moment with the mom and the son when he was getting ready for uh, his big performance, and he ripped his pants and he came oh, into the. We're talking as the Taylor shot. Yeah. Oh I, I thought that was the the probably the most emotional moment in that movie. Yeah, it's definitely one of them. I'll, I'll give you that much. Yeah, and that, that was personally my favorite. Did but, you guys uh, cry? Oh, no, I would have. Hmm? No. You, did you cry, Akari? I almost did. Really? Almost did, yep. At what part? Towards the end? It was when he um he took all that stuff out of his pocket and he was playing the piano and stuff and it basically kind of it was a time for him um where he was reflecting on you know all the stuff that he was learning from that experience and it kind of made me think about you know m- my purposes you know what i'm saying and how is not boggled down to just one thing mm-hmm. you know yeah no, I, I didn't get very emotional i thought it was very heart touching but i didn't tear up or almost cry I almost did. I think Pixar has better uh, ones where you do cry than this one. Yeah. You know, where you do feel more emotion. It's a good, a great moral, though. I'll give it that. Yeah, I thought that quote with the the lead jazz singer in him when he was getting done with his performance and he was saying, you know, oh, I thought this performance would have been better. And then she told the story about the fish, you know, fish is looking for the ocean, but he's in the water, you know. I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what would you guys have to give this? Definitely, well, if I'm going for like half half a star this time, I'd say best pin on the way to Coruscant. That's a four and a half out of five. Yeah, I agree with that. Best pin on the way to Coruscant, definitely. I don't even know the review system. If we're doing it out of five, um, probably be, uh, probably in my opinion, probably be a four. I don't know. It just... Something was missing thing. from this movie. That best been then. Something was missing for me for this movie. I don't. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know if it was just. I don't know if I like wasn't in the mood, but I felt like there was just something missing from this movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I loved it. I. I I'm not saying I hated the thing. I'm just saying you know something. I don't know. Yeah. Like the the pick the Pixar spark for me wasn't there. I get Pixar it. storytelling was, but the Pixar spark, that's like, that's a classic. It just wasn't there for this one. I understand that. Yeah, man. After after watching The Good Dinosaur, <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely say this is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's definitely a contender for me for my top five of 2020. <sighs> which I'd like for us to touch in the next episode. There's not many movies of 2020 that I've seen, so it, it's on my top five because it's probably the only 
movies I've seen in 2020. <laughs> like new releases, you know. Obviously, I watch old movies, but you know. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Any yeah. other, um, any final thoughts, comments on Soul? I think we said everything. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you guys, ready for uh, oof, for Wonder Woman 1984. Oh shit. The, let's see. Yes. The official synopsis is rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two all-new foes, Max Lord and the Cheetah. Real descriptive, IMDb. For the most part, that's what the movie's about, but I think they were missing the gist of it. So, let's go ahead and dig into a spoiler-free review first, because I know not a lot of people have seen this yet, for whatever reason. Um, I know some states don't have theaters open, and some people aren't coughing up to, what, $16 for HBO Max? Alright, so first act of Wonder Woman. What did you guys... How'd you feel about the opening of Wonder Woman 1984? I think it's no no going secret on. that I enjoyed. I didn't enjoy the first Wonder Woman that much. Yeah. Which I, I understand why. I personally did. I liked the first one better than this one. Did you? Yeah. Gosh, man. I like the opening mall scene quite a bit in this one. For sure. Um, I'm not a big fan of slow-mo. In the DCEU, I feel like it's really drawn out, especially if the Flash and Justice League didn't look great. So there was a bunch of it in the mall scene, and later on, there's there's a good bit too. Um, the, the mall scene, though, I do appreciate, especially how in the beginning we see uh, Diana throw the, the tiara against the security cameras. I thought it was pretty neat mm-hmm. because she states in Justice League, you know, no one's been able to keep track of her all these years. I think it's Batman vs Superman, excuse me. Like, no one has solid evidence of her except for, like, the World War One photo. So that was, that was a neat little See, touch. They went ahead and she was destroying her evidence as she went along. I had no idea. I wondered why in the world did, was she, like, trying to keep her identity a secret? Because mm-hmm. I didn't see uh, Justice League or Batman v Superman. I've only seen Wonder Woman and then a, the Joker. Oh, Joker's separate. So that, this, that's not part of the DCU. Yeah, but I'm just oh. saying, like, DC movies, like, those are the only two I, like, you know, I've seen. I know they're not connected, but I don't go out of my way to watch DC movies, really. Have you seen the Dark so Knight I was, trilogy? Okay, that's old. I, I wouldn't even call that. Well, that's old DC. I'm talking about the new, like, established, like, DC with uh, Man of Steel. Haven't that's seen any of them. Okay, then that I haven't seen. Yeah, but Joker is separate from the DC, is what I'm saying. Joker is its own spinoff, completely different from these these films. I'm talking about the new revised DC after the Dark Knight trilogy when they did all the new stuff. I've only seen the Joker and Wonder Woman. No Superman, no Batman v Superman. Uh, What else is there? Flash, you said, Justice League. Mm -hmm. Like the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, I have no idea what the hype about it is. Because I haven't given the first one a watch. (laughs) But yeah. So I'm just saying, it's good to know that there was a reason why she knocked the cameras down. Because I was wondering that. Yeah, no, uh, I really liked that they included that, actually, throughout the first okay. one. And um, how she won't kill throughout the movie as well, you'll see. I appreciate yeah, that, I, too. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, but the You're talking about Wonder scene, Woman 1984? Yeah, yeah, 84. Yeah, of course she don't kill. Um, the mall scene, liked it a lot. 
it felt kind of tacky almost, especially with Stranger Things 3 coming out last year, being about yeah. the mall. You know what I'm saying? It just felt very trendy. I yes, I know I know exactly what you're saying. Because the, the mall scene was weird to me, in my opinion. And I didn't know the slow motion. That's what it felt like to me. All those action sequences felt slow-mo, almost, in my opinion. Now, I don't know if that is because he does of... that a lot. I don't really okay. That. Now, see, I don't like that technique. It looks so just forced to me, I guess would be the the right word. See, like, like you know, 84, it, it doesn't look bad. I'll give it that at least. It's inconvenient at some point. Um, it's just not the greatest. Birds of Prey does it pretty well for its action yeah. scenes, but like in Justice League. That's mm-hmm. all the Flash fucking does is has a, a slow mo scene. Oh, all and right. I understand. Oh, you have to slow it down because he's super fast. Yeah, look at the Quicksilver scene from uh, X Men Apocalypse. Is it or Days of Future yeah. Past? That looks great, but seeing everything frozen while Flash is moving, it, it just it looks ugly. Yeah. It's not great. Having to see Henry Cavill's mustache shift very very slowly. <laughs> Is not appealing. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have them in '84. At least they looked better. I'll give them that this time. Still not a big fan of the slow mo whatsoever. I I'm not a big fan either of '84. Um, for me, I didn't understand the hype around the first one. I thought it was a good movie, but I didn't see it as some masterpiece or. You know, no. all the raves that the critics were giving it, saying, oh, my God, I love the team up of Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot, Godot. And so, so I was excited for this one, obviously, because I'm like, all right, maybe it's a chance to, you know, get my spirits lifted. Maybe I, I'll enjoy this one better. And I, I actually didn't enjoy this one. I, I Yeah, I didn't enjoy this one. So, you didn't enjoy it at all? I, I don't. Parts of it, I thought the best part of it was Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig. I thought their performances were spot on. And I don't know, everything just felt, I just didn't like it. Yeah, I just didn't like it. Pedro Pascal was fantastic in this movie. See, I wasn't speaking to Pedro Pascal. Really? Well, so the viewer knows, um, if you just, if you didn't see the movie or just don't give a fuck about spoilers, uh, (laughs) Pedro Pascal plays Max Lord. He's this CEO of an oil company, and basically he's a con man, and he's he takes he's this magic stone essentially from uh, ancient goddess God put his powers into it, and his thing is he can grant wishes. It's kind of like a bad fairly odd parents episode. Um, <laughs> Takari's face, he's like ah. He's got a point. <laughs> Here's my verdict on the movie, though, man. Like, it's not horrible. It's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. There's a lot of powerful moments, and especially emotional moments with Gal Gadot, which her performance is fucking incredible. Um, yeah, and it has a great message. It has a great message, you know. Um. I was surprised at how I was able to take away a clear message from the movie, which leads me to my biggest issue, despite it being super convoluted. There's a lot of shit happening in this movie, and I don't think that was necessary at all. 
Yeah, this movie's definitely pretty crammed with um, with Cheetah thrown in there too. I really yeah. appreciated Cheetah's introduction. As yeah. her as this kind of like cliche eighties character, that was subtle by having her be this nerd girl no one wants to talk to. As soon as she puts on a dress, takes the glasses off, everyone likes her. That was That's like, good. That is like so fucking Batman and Batman Forever and Amazing Spider-Man Two like. It's very 80s like that's that's why I can appreciate when yeah. it fits the theme. It is. It, it fit honestly. I'm not even gonna lie to you about that. It did fit. I know a lot of people I complained loved, about that, but I thought it was very fitting. No, I love Cheetah. The first uh, first act with her, second act, third act is where I had a problem when they CGI'd her. But I liked her just as you know, like you said, that archetype of nerdy 80s girl who then you know wishes for uh, popularity, basically. And she gets it. I, mm-hmm. I like that archetype, and I think it fit well with Kristen Wiig, and I think she did a great job of the performance of it. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. By far, my favorite part of the movie is probably, like, the opening sequence, you know, which doesn't have much to do with the rest of the movie. But the opening sequence was, like, in, like the easily the most attention-grabbing part of the entire movie. Yeah, yeah but easily. it was very attention-grabbing. Um, I didn't. I didn't like the opening sequence because I knew what they were doing, and I hate when movies do that when they just spell out the message of the movie. You know, because we see the opening scene. You know, she cheats, and the I forget the the lady of the um, people. What is what she called the ruler, the one who uh, pulled her back when she uh, was going to throw the spear. Not her mom, but I, I know you're talking about. I forget. Her yeah, name. you know what I'm talking about. So. And she's like, you know, nothing's more powerful than the truth. You know, you always got to be yeah. truthful to have a prosperous life. And then at the end, it's like, it all comes together. That, that's one of my pet peeves in movies, when they spell it out like that. Dude, I don't think what, movies we, should... The car and I saw this movie a week ago. Yeah. And I, I forgot that scene even happened. That thing was so forgettable. It depends on how it's It's done, a forgetful though. movie. <laughs> not, not really. Not, not to me. Like, it, it depends on how it's done, though. I like how it didn't exactly like shoehorn the message to the audience, you know. It it felt more like foreshadowing, which it actually was. Um, but it, it didn't feel too obvious because again, we had no idea where the movie was gonna go, you know. And it it went it it eventually it went that way, but it went about it in a you know different execution. If you get what I'm saying, because mm-hmm. we weren't expecting. Gal Gadot to um, break the fourth wall at the end when she looks at the camera and you know she's talking about how she's speaking to us about you oh know, that was so bad that was so bad <laughs> I, I really like that I yeah because it's once again it goes back to you know just hammering in this idea of truth I'm not saying the message wasn't a bad message you know I thoroughly enjoyed the message they were trying to say but I hate when it just like, I don't like when it's just spelled out for the viewer. You know, people need, people, in my opinion, should think of it when they go see a movie and not just, you know, get it spelled out for them. Hey, uh, that's how I always thought Wonder Woman to be, you know? And for her to see, for to see, especially Gal Gadot, you know, take on that part of the movie, I thought it was kind of special and kind of important, especially um, with uh, the shit that happened in 2020. I think it was kind of important. I'm not going to lie to you. Which is why I did not hate this movie at all. I actually enjoyed it for the most part. 
it's just the the story, the story and the narrative is just it is so convoluted to where when you think about it, it's just like most of this doesn't make doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to someone at work, and they were and they like read Wonder Woman comic books. You know, they grew up around this time in the eighties with the Wonder Woman TV show and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And they were saying what if they didn't like it a lot, and they also felt the concerns of it being convoluted. And they were saying it felt like a t- a thirty hour a thirty a thirty minute TV episode drawn out into a movie. And when he said that. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. That's a good description. Yeah, that's, that's a good I'm, description. Yeah, I, ha- I have yeah, to and- go with that. I don't think this movie needed to be two hours and 31 minutes. Oh, by no means. That's how God, yeah, I don't know so much at all. I don't think this needed to be that long, you know, because, like, it is a sequel. You know, and the first one's already lo- as long as it is. If this, this one was just as long as the first one, then I'd be fine with it. But this movie is two and a half hours, and it really doesn't need to be that long. Like, I understand that you're trying to go, Patty Jenkins was trying to go a bit more epic, which she really did. My God. But this is the second movie. Like, if you want to go epic, then save that for the third movie. You know what I'm saying? I I wonder how they would handle the third movie. Like, Wonder Woman 2020, or Wonder Woman, I don't know. I want to touch upon that in a second. But before Wonder Woman 1997. Um, (laughs) When you were talking about how your your co-worker was growing up watching the show, I think I mentioned it last week on the podcast. I forget. But I know I posted on my Instagram story. Right before we went to go see 84, I actually started a Linda Carter show. And boy, I'm fucking glad I did. I didn't grow up with the comics in Wonder Woman. I'm always a Batman guy. Yeah, and so giving getting some background to Wonder Woman, like I knew her origin story from the movie. I had seen her in the early two thousands Justice League animated series with Kevin Conroy as Batman. Um, Seeing that she does indeed establish herself in DC really helps my case seeing this movie because from when this movie had like leaked set photos to the trailer and going to see it. I was like, man, I'm going to see a fucking carbon copy of Winter Soldier. Because I know the oh, first yeah. Wonder Woman had those issues. It was very similar to the first Captain America. And that's why they changed it from yep. World War One instead of World War Two. So I was very um, concerned until I started watching the show. So I appreciate that. And then another thing Danilo was touching upon how he, he didn't enjoy was that that monologue, man, her, her looking into the camera and giving out the message of the film. I enjoyed that scene quite a I bit. I liked that a lot. I really liked it. Um, damn, where the fuck did Danilo go, man? I don't know where he went. I go to move the little, uh, the recorder and the little Asian dude's gone. <laughs> One thing I gotta fucking say about this movie is fucking Hans Zimmer, man. He's a, he's a damn genius. Oh, yeah, Hans Zimmer's a great modern composer. Like, his score is so, like, it fits the tone of the movie almost perfect. Mm Because, you know, this movie was going for that epic feel, and it did. And Hans Zimmer's score kind of complements that. You know, I really like this score a lot. You know, if he doesn't win an award for this shit, I'm going to be pissed. Okay, I don't think he will for this one. 
which I kind of understand, but it's just like, man, will you, will you really watch this movie and you, like, listen to it compared to his score? Or listen to the score compared to the film? Like, really listen to the score. You can really see... Um, <clears throat> how do I say this? Like, the mood of the score isn't, like, what you get for your average superhero film. Mm-hmm. You know? It infuses a lot of um, epic, majestic, triumphant motifs with, you know, a lot of modern day appeal to it. And I think it worked very well. And Hans Zimmer being the composer he is, you expect him to approach it in a more classical way, but he didn't. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? No, I agree. I like the Hans Zimmer um, scores for a lot of the DC movies. The one thing that disappointed me, though, man, about his score is I love, love, love that Wonder Woman theme throughout uh, the DC, but we didn't get that epic theme in this. Like, we hear a little reminiscence of it throughout, and a little bit of a remix here and there. But But it's not the same as the first one. No, we don't get a full blast of... We don't hear that screaming through the speakers. I I like I like the original um version of the Wonder Woman theme more than Hans Zimmer's version. I'm not gonna lie to you. The Wonder Woman that theme. Oh, not that one. I'm talking about that <laughs> one. I'm talking about the uh the theme in the first Wonder Woman. Ouch. When it was just a guitar and not the um the the the, the trumpets or whatever. Oh yeah, I like that one too. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, honestly, man, just after seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. I have my flaws with it, but fucking Gal Gadot, man, she might be one of my new celebrity crushes, man. She is like, oh, oh god, your celebrity crush. At least say her name right. It's Gal Gadot. It's Gal Gadot. That's how you pronounce her name. It's Gal Gadot. It's not Gal Gadot. It it is, man. No, it's not. <laughs> Look it up. She would... said it. She said it in an interview, bro. I, I promise you. You're talking about it's Gal Gadot. There he is. Someone's back to the fucking show. Welcome back. It's Gal Gadot, bro. What's yeah, up? What did, what did I miss? Uh, no, because I'm telling um Max how Gal Gadot's name is really pronounced. It's Gal Gadot. Uh, I just know her as the lady who sang us Imagine when we all went into lockdown. Oh, my God. <laughs> we all remember that? Yeah, what a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, honestly, anyway, man. Though, I did want honestly, to bring upon one thing before you left so rudely. Um, the scene, dude, didn't you see me? I went like that, and then I left. I didn't see you so go this. Like, I just saw you walk oh, out right. mid-sentence. I was like, this oh, is okay. <laughs> um, But you mentioned you didn't like that monologue at the end of it? That was so. That was the most cringiest thing to me. Hell in, no. in London, <laughs> in in, I don't know how else she would have done it. You know, it felt like they wrote themselves into a corner where that's the way it has to end. Mm-hmm. Actually, I take that back. What I didn't like about the monologue was the fourth wall breaking. That's what I liked. You know, that's the point. Okay, and but if we're already watching this movie, we already get the universal idea that truth is, you know, so important. So why are you telling me? Why are you looking directly in the camera and saying, "Truth is important, viewer out there. You you need to respect the truth." That's what it felt like, you know. It's I'm gotta be watching the movie about truth. 
I don't need to have then someone tell me it's a movie about truth. You know, if I was you were over explaining in my opinion. It, it reminds me so it, much. It's gotta be okay. I think it's gotta be aimed at, you know in the aimed at the context of twenty twenty, especially out of all the shit that's happened and went down this year. I think it was kind of important and kind of needed for her to break the fourth wall, especially because a lot, like I said, a lot of shit went down this year. Well, bro, you, know? you gotta realize this this script was finished early twenty nineteen. I'm yeah. st- I'm just saying though, like it does. I don't think it. I don't think it really matters if it was finished in early twenty nineteen, but like. Well, that's that's the thing though. It's a universal message. Yeah. Films are universal messages. So, and we're all seeing films, and we all take different things collectively away when we watch a film. Right. So, why in God's good earth would you force a message down my throat when you look directly at the camera and say it? That's my problem with it. I don't have a problem with the message, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. I think it's a fine message to have in a film. It's a fine message even if you do shoehorn it, or not shoehorn it, but shove it down my throat a bit where you tie it to the beginning, you tie it back at the end, you know? But, like, we all under, like, we can all universally resonate in some way with the movie. And we can all universally understand the idea of what they're going for. So, for them to look, like, for her to just look at the camera, it was just bad to me. You know? But it's just different ways how people, like. Go ahead. Sorry. It's just the way people enjoy movies, you know? It comes down to what, like, preferences. Mm -hmm. Because I like fourth walls being breaking in, uh, Goodfellas, Deadpool, you know, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. I don't mind that. But they're not, like, shoehorning down their message when they do say it. When they do break the fourth wall. It reminded me so much of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I've never seen that. Tom Hanks? Yes. One? Or the the documentary one? The Tom Hanks Hanks one. Okay. Now, see... I don't remember. I I wasn't that big of a fan of that movie. I liked the documentary better. Okay. But did, did he break the fourth wall in that? You don't remember the scene where like they're in the diner and um, Tom. I forget the the reporter's name that's interviewing Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about though. And the, he he looks at me. He's like, I want a minute of silence, and like the camera is. Aiming straight at okay. Tom Hanks, and he's looking at an angle, and then he just slowly looks into the camera for a full sixty seconds of silence. But see, that's different, though, in my opinion. I know it's just like totally not the movie we're talking about, but there was there's a difference between I want you, the viewer, to think about what I want, what I'm trying to display through the movie as well, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna tell the viewer, like physically tell the viewer what you should think that's where it in my opinion it's different because he uh that movie was trying to articulate i wasn't it like what makes you happy or something like that or remember someone who makes you happy wasn't it because he lost his dad yeah and see you the viewer then thinks a minute and everyone can collectively universally all get together and think of that one person Mm -hmm. and then he, he he does explain the message to the viewer naturally but not straight to the viewer like looking at the camera he explained it to the reporter guy after everyone was done uh thinking mm-hmm. if that makes sense i don't yeah. know it just yeah it was just i didn't like it but you know if, if someone else likes it it doesn't you know 
bother me or anything, you know? I'm just saying. Yeah. It's different preferences of movies. I did appreciate how um, when she does look, when Wonder Woman does look at the camera, it lines up to where I feel like I'm one of the characters who's seeing these screams. Yes, I did like that. The directing wise of that, I thought that was very. I thought that was very interesting how they played with that. Very and, and the editing. Um, what's, yeah. I know we were going to go through different acts in this movie, but we ended up kind of rambling on about it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Cheetah. Does, did anyone have a problem with Cheetah turning into CGI? Oh. I did not like that. It didn't bug me at more, the time. Okay. It I would have really liked it if she just put on like a cheetah coat and she had Diana's powers and that was it. I didn't need to see her go full, you know, oh, cheetah. Okay, so you were hoping for a more of a practical, like Dark Knight approach. Yes, yes, yes. That's one thing I like about the DCEU a bit more. Oh, okay. Is that they try to go full in it. Because like even if like the MCU movies, like some of the, the costumes for certain characters... I don't want to say yeah. they're afraid to use their original designs, but it takes a long time for them to get comfortable. Like, it took how many movies for Tony Stark to get into a comic-accurate armor? Yeah. You know, and, like, how many movies for Steve Rogers to have the chain-link um, cap suit? Yeah, I know you what you're talking about. I mean, yeah. Okay, no, so it's just different... Uh different kind of universes playing differently with the uh, costume design. Yeah, and like with Aquaman of DC. That's fine. I thought, you know, how they, they you didn't see Aquaman, that's right. And Aquaman no. towards the end, he gets in like Jason Momoa gets in the bright orange and green suit. Okay. Cuz that's okay. the suit now, of the King okay. of Atlantis. He earns it finally. I can Yeah. I I can I can see that. So, it's corny, yeah. but it looks good. Yeah. So okay, that's interesting. I just didn't know that's like what they did. You know, like I said, I didn't, I don't watch a lot of those the mm-hmm. DC EU movies. So if that's like what they consistently do, then it, it makes sense for the most part. Um, Doomsday looks yeah. pretty okay. awful in BVS. Um, Wonder Woman looks good. Obviously, oh, I think yeah. Batfleck or uh, Batfleck looks pretty great. Superman looks good. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the Flash for uh, Ezra. I fucking hate Ezra Miller. I hate that little fucking dweeb, man, so damn much. I think Cyborg looks pretty awful, too, for the most part. Um, awful because of CGI or awful costume? Both. It's gotta be CGI. Both, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just both. Um, but, like, with Shazam, even, man, that, that suit shouldn't work the way it does. This, this big, puffy bright red outfit with a very yeah, white yeah. cape. Yeah. It's just kind of quirky in live action to a point where it, okay, it's like, fuck it, this universe is already screwed up enough. <laughs> just give me combat yeah. accuracy. So seeing it's Cheetah... It's the aesthetic, kind of. Yeah, seeing Cheetah, like, corny as she okay. was, CGI'd, I was like, yeah, it's DC. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't know they did that, so that's why I probably had the biggest problem with it. I mean, because Wonder Woman's costume isn't anything, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like, kind of quirky like that, you know? It's it, Her outfit's pretty practical, in my opinion. Other than the color. The gold, not so much. Bright, yeah. Which, in, yeah. with Wonder Woman, the first one taking place in 1917, and this one, 84, obviously, 
BBS and Justice League, her suit is very dull. It does okay. age through the years. It's the exact same suit. Um, well, in this one, she had the arm pieces, and I think a new, like, tiara piece. Um, but the suit yeah, itself I is so. the same, so it does age, and you see that progress through the universe. But I really like yeah. the bright colors, especially in 84, because it looks mm. like she took polish to it. Exactly. Okay. Um, Did you guys like how Cheetah died? Dude, that, I was about to talk about that. The whole electricity, that was stupid. I was like, how, yeah. did, how did Diana not get elected? I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. As Yes, that makes no sense. If they were both in the water, mm-hmm. how does one die and one doesn't? I guess Unless it's because were... she's Wonder Woman. I don't know. Yeah, but at that well, point... Obviously, um, but... At that point, know. Cheetah hadn't renounced her wish. So she still had the same abilities and more. Remember, because she wished to be the Apex Predator. Yeah. So she's like Wonder Woman times two. I I enjoyed the fight, but I thought the way, like, you know, she lost it was kind of like a cop-out, you know, an easy... All right, we got to move on to to Pedro. And Mm -hmm. honestly, my my whole thing is I I really liked having Cheetah in this movie. I know a lot of people thought it was pretty awful because Cheetah is Wonder Woman's main villain. Mm -hmm. Um. If they had left... Oh, I don't know that. If they had left her as... Up until the White House scene, before she wishes to be an Apex Predator, if they just left it at that and saved her for a third movie, I think it would have been great character That makes me upset. I would have wanted... I wanted a third Kristen Wiig Cheetah movie. I, I, I would have loved to see that. Exactly. Yeah. Save that for I, I had no idea that she was a uh, main villain. Wonder Woman. I would have yeah. loved to see more Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Honestly. Develop that character even more. Um, I'll tell you what, it was a cop-out. That has no consequences whatsoever to Max Lord's actions. No. Matter of fact, that man is rewarded. <laughs> he regained full You're right, there is no, yeah. No consequences. That's, this, that's exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to, like, plot convolution. Like, how could everybody's wish be renounced? That, yeah, you that know, make... people are just going to be like Cheetah. No one would, not everyone's going to renounce their wish. Exactly. Yeah. That that doesn't make any sense. Like, let's be real here. I don't think that was completely spelled out. Is it because Max Lord renounced his wish? Everything just goes back to normal. I think so. There's a few plot holes in. Yeah, there's a few plot holes in the movie. There's, Those don't bother me as quite a bit. much. No, it don't. It don't because I enjoyed it for the most part, but I, I can't, I can't not say that this movie is not convoluted because it r- really is. Uh, the you see how we skipped the whole second act. I was wanting to get back into it real quick. That's one of the most forgetful second acts. I all I the remember second act was went to uh, like it, uh, the Middle East for oil, and that's about it. And Pedro builds yeah. up his army, and that's about the gist of it. I like the, the convoy act was scene. A little boring. It was cool action for the convoy scene. Awesome, and the score was dope too. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Steve Trevor coming back? See, this is where I see it's forced again. Like, did we really need to see 
Wait, you're talking about uh the pilot? Yes, Steve mm-hmm. Trevor. Yeah, yeah. I it it was weird. Like, why are we seeing him? Yeah. You know, I think it would have been much cooler if they uh had another guy kind of play that role, which they did. You know, because when at the end we see the same guy, dude. You know that whole at thing. That ending scene. I really thought that guy was going to say he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I really thought so, man. I don't know about I don't know about that. <laughs> when like yeah, Diana kind of looks at him, I thought he was up. gonna be like, "Oh, I'm gay." By the way, Mm-mm. um, I don't yeah, know about that, but I I thought it was forced and very poorly explained. I don't talk during yeah, movies in theaters, but like I, I looked over at the car, I was like, "What the fuck's happening?" What what part are you talking poorly about? Poorly, Steve coming back. Yeah, I was confused. I was just like, what? How? Huh? How did that happen? Poorly explained is the great word choice for it. Because it wasn't explained. It was very... I'd say it's poorly explained. Because, um... I mean, it makes sense to how it happened. Because we're not... She... What? How do I say Diana had a hold of the stone for a pretty long while. She was looking into it. And when Steve comes back, that makes us think, okay, so she might have made the wish for him to come back, you know. But that, if it was explained and executed a bit better, then maybe we would have understood that. But that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the whole how he's in someone else's body thing. Yeah, yeah that, that's that what, part too. Yeah, that was, I, I understood that she wished for him back. I mean, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that, that didn't make a lot of sense either. I didn't realize... That Patty Jenkins just likes working with Chris Pine, and that's why he's in this. <laughs> she, she probably does. Um, yeah, I didn't like that at all. My favorite scene, and I almost gave a fist pump in the air because, you know, DC does a lot of quirky stuff. I was really concerned at how they were going to pull this off, but the invisible jet looked great. That was awesome. Yes, that, that was, was good awesome. fan service. Good fan service. That was awesome. I'm definitely okay with that being a one-off or one one-time only thing in this movie. Yeah, that was. I I liked that very much. That was a good send. Fireworks. Fireworks oh. completely forced. Yeah, but, but getting yeah, the invisible good. But getting visible jet was super dope. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Most fireworks look nice. Well, actually, how do we? How does she have those powers? Does she have those in comic books and everything? Yeah, and in the yeah. Linda Carter. Okay, see, I, I didn't know that. I just thought she was like, I have these powers. Jet's now invisible. I don't know you about know? Linda Carter. I've only watched, like, two episodes so far. Um, in the first okay. episode, like, the invisible jet is just an established vehicle mm. in the show. Uh, all right. So, like, it's already invisible. Okay. We don't know how it gets invisible, but it's just a thing. All right. Um, I like that scene. It's probably my favorite, but I think the best scene is when she says goodbye to Steve. That was She's a very emotional moment. Running away, his voice changes back to the guy, the original guy. Oh, and she does the like lasso thing into the sky. She, and it's a one shot through through the streets. Does mm-hmm. the lasso, and she's in the sky, and she learns how to fly. I thought that was great. That was beautiful. Yeah, I, man. I like the I like that part where she was running away from him. I thought that was cool. It reminded me of the scene near the end of the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve where, you know, um, Lois Lane kind of, well, Max, have you seen it? 
No, you can give me spoilers. I don't care. All right. Well, Lois Lane dies, and, you know, Christopher Reeves just, you know, he should start bursting into tears and everything, and then he, like, flies off into the sky and out of the planet, and then he flies around the planet to reverse back time to bring Lois Lane back to life. Not even just that, but, like, to, to bring the whole destruction of the um, area he was in back to normal, you know, because, you know, Lex Luthor was doing his dirty dirty work, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that scene in Wonder Woman 84 reminded me of um, that Superman scene, you know, when he, you know, reversed back time by flying over the planet. You know what I'm okay, that's a nice touch. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, you can tell that Patty Jenkins was very influenced by the Richard Donner movies. Mm-hmm. That and that and the uh, the mall scene too. Okay. Um, I really like the golden armor. I don't think we'll ever see it again. Me too, man. That I thought the golden dope. armor was dope. I that didn't know. Crispy. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought they would have. Pa- I would have. I thought they would have kept it and kept on using it, like passing it down, uh, throughout movies. But I guess if it's not in Batman v Superman or Justice League, you know. Yeah, she's, know. she doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, so I would like to see more of it. I thought that was cool. Um, apparently, an interview has came out where Gal Gadot says that she wants the third Wonder Woman to take place in modern times. He, he, so, would it be 1997? No, no, no. Like during current day events. During. Oh, I, okay. I, I read this on a comment thread, so I could be wrong. I think she used the term COVID season. Oh, hell no. Uh, oh, okay. Very against that, if that's a thing. <laughs> I, oh, you know what else is... Re- oh, go ahead. No, you're good. All right, you know what else is really weird? <laughs> Going back to that whole cheetah dying thing. Mm-hmm. So that armor is supposed to be, you know, the armor that state, that, that old one, that the Linda Carter woman, woman used so all the people can get away, you know? Mm-hmm. And it looked like when they showed that flashback, it's a super strong material. Cheetah rips that apart in seconds. She does, yeah, she, man. Because yeah. that flashback just gets electrocuted. Fucking like yeah. huddling in yeah. there. There's hundreds of people crawling on that thing. Yeah, and then Cheetah comes out here, just bashes the thing like there's no tomorrow, and then it's all done, and she dies because she's electrocuted. Just I don't know, weird. <laughs> Um, I did like oh, the post credit scene quite a bit with Linda Carter. With uh, Linda Carter, I did not see that coming at all. I didn't either, man. I would have really enjoyed if uh, you know the Ben Affleck Batman movie didn't get canceled, basically for the Robert Pattinson one. I would have mm. really enjoyed seeing an Adam West cameo. In one are you excited Batman for film. the? Are you excited for the Pattinson Batman? Yeah, I'm excited. For oh that. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That looks that looks dope. I'm super excited. I don't for that one. like the look for Bruce oh, yeah. Wayne off the emo haircut, but his Batman looks. Good. Oh yeah, that's that's weird. But the Batman does look good, especially how he has the guns that kill his parents and then in the emblem. Yeah, as the yeah looks really good. Yeah, I just like the opening shot of the trailer where you, you see the Riddler get duct taping some guy's face. Yeah, it's suffocate good, yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. Well, I think that wraps it up for Wonder Woman. What would you guys? What would you guys rate it? Dakar, what would you go? Want to go first? Uh, I would say Naboo. Really? Yeah, I say Naboo. It's all right. 
What? What's a three? Naboo. No, three is Naboo. <laughs> yeah, Naboo. Yeah, I Naboo. give it Naboo. Naboo because it felt longer than it need to be needed to be, and it was and convoluted. The, yep, well, and some things I'll, didn't I'll make sense. Naboo, boarding to Bespin, not on the way yet, but boarding like a like a three point two, three point three. Okay. Listen, I just, I just. Just because, just for one, because, like, I didn't really pay attention much to Gal Gadot, even in the first Wonder Woman or a BVS. But this movie, she might be one of my new celebrity crushes. I'm sorry. Like, she was just <laughs> awesome in this movie. What is that face? <laughs> what what face? Oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm just on my laptop, man. Um... I will, I will, speaking upon what you just said to Kari, Patty Jenkins does do a good job of uh, utilizing Gal Gadot's beauty without sexualizing her. Exactly. Exactly. That was like a huge strong point for me because, you know, a lot of movies love to sexualize uh, their female leads. I know, know you, you haven't seen Suicide Squad, Anilo. Yeah. <laughs> Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I, I love her as Harley. But I did can, see that one. You know how the scene in the trailer where she bends over in front of the fucking store window after bashing in the, they can see like a bag? How it, like it's a straight shot on her ass? Uh, no, I try to forget a lot of things about that movie, but that's very wrong. <laughs> so like it's a straight shot on her ass and it's like in the trailer and it's in the final cut of the film. They CGI the shorts to be smaller yeah. in the final cut. Are you serious? It's yep. so uncomfortable to watch. And they, they sexualize it throughout the entire thing to where it's not even funny. It's not no. attractive. It's just weird. Oh, yeah. She's stripped in front of Will Smith. Like, stripped, you know. Yeah. Like, not stripped. But, and then yeah, the whole white up, like, entire... t-shirt getting wet throughout the movie. It's weird. Oh, my God. And to I see, like, oh. in Birds of Prey, how they don't do that to her character. You see yeah. her shine because she's so comfortable in this role. Yeah, and I pr- that's one of the reasons I love Birds of Prey so much because Margot Robbie gets to shine as Harley Quinn, and I do appreciate yeah. that Patty Jenkins puts that thought into to the the writing of Wonder Woman. Yeah, because you can see so, yeah. you can see well, how comfortable. Yeah. yeah, that too. You can see how comfortable Gal Gadot is in the role. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's yeah. Yeah, that white dress. Um, and, and the golden suit too. The gold her in the suit, the golden suit. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were about to bust a nut in there, bro. <laughs> no. I'm not. As soon as um the golden suit came out, the car did a little twitch. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> no, I did not. Bro, you fucking twitched over them. I was like, yeah, let me, let me scoot a little, a little this way. <laughs> no, I did Get on the blast zone. Uh, no. I was judging you for Frog Lady last week, man. At least you got some taste this episode. Fuck. Bro, dude, I'm being serious. Like, I'm talking I about the actress, not Frog Lady. Ew. Oh, shit. Um... So I enjoyed it, and you gave it a, a Naboo, Daniel? Yeah, Naboo. It, it's, yeah. it's okay. I do. It's not a terrible movie. 
I just wouldn't. I don't see myself watching it all the time, you know. I liked it much better in the first. And I'll, I'll end this our section of Wonder Woman on one last thing. I do not want to see Patty Jenkins direct a Star Wars movie. I don't believe you. <laughs> I hope to God she's not writing it. She is. She's I don't writing want to see it. Her. She's co-writing it. I don't oh. want to see her direct a Star Wars movie. Not because I don't care for. I don't see what she's all cracked up to be. You know, I don't, I didn't see, like I said, I didn't see the hype in the first one. I don't see the hype in the second one. Directing style, it seems okay. But you know what I'm excited for for Star Wars? The Kenobi hmm. series with Deborah Chow. Yeah, that was I loved, I gotta see that. loved her in The Mandalorians episode three and seven. That yes. is hands down, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, better than Filoni's directing. But that is the best directing of season one, episodes three and four of The Mandalorian. Um, Just her shot techniques, her cinematographer. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful to watch her tell, tell Mandalorian stories. And she does action differently, which I was going to chime in on Birds of Prey. I, I think agree. some women do action better than men's because they have a different uh, scope on it than men do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say about Patty Jenkins because, you know, like she's not – I wouldn't say when it comes to like, um, you know, dialogue sequences and um, just, you know, your regular average movie scenes, um, you know, she doesn't really do like a lot of things special. But when it comes to like crafting, you know, a great character moment and an action sequence, I think she's pretty talented. Yeah, mm, you know what I'm saying? I suppose. (laughs) Because like she really put the epic stamp on this movie and I can really say that she did. Because this movie felt epic, especially in IMAX. Like, my God. This Very movie. glad she uses the lasso a lot more. Oh, yeah. Like, me too. It, it wasn't really the lasso of truth this time around, which is weird, but, you know. She uses the truth part like four times a movie, man. Does she? Yeah, remember when she, the whole flashback scene was because of the lasso? Her sending the message was because of the lasso, and then she used the lasso again on. Oh. I think the, the little shaman dude, whatever the fuck he was, the very convenient descendant. Uh, I was talking I about, um, yeah, we talking about 84, right? Yeah. Mm, she, it, it had, she used the truth. She used the last, because, mm, I don't know, maybe I was dozing off. Yeah, she's like three or four times, man. So let's, we're a little bit over an hour now, so let's go ahead and kind of quickly go over our recent views. Uh, we got cut off pretty short last week because I was fucking tired as hell. <laughs> we doing only three? No, three not each? only three. Um, I don't have that many personally, it's just because I already knocked off a couple last week. I don't know okay. where you guys are at. So <laughs> I'm just, I'll go ahead and just go through mine quickly. Um, let's try to keep. Okay, it we're just gonna. Yeah. All all in one then. All in one. Let's try to keep under five minutes per person. Why not? So uh, for film wise, at least on the twenty fourth, I rewatched the Disaster Artist with my mom. Great A twenty four flick. Uh, love the room. Love Tommy Wiseau. I think the Disaster Artist perfectly complements the room. I think this was like my fourth viewing of it. In like either my second or oh, third wow. viewing this year of Disaster Artists. Really like Disaster It's Artists. only been out for 
two years, up. hasn't it? 2017. It was... Okay. Late 2017, though, right? Yeah. Um, let me see. Yep, December. Okay. Yep. Uh, on Christmas Day, rewatched Die Hard, my favorite Christmas movie. It was also the first time Hannah got to watch it. Good experience. Love Die Hard. Of course, I've uh, been a fan of that for about 10 years now. 26, we gave Soul of You. We discussed that. The 27th, gave We Can Be Heroes of You. Did you guys watch this at all? Nope. Is that the Spy Kids one? It's the Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. That's it. No, I did not see it because uh, it bring back Taylor Lautner. I'm gonna. Those I'm not gonna spoil it for you guys. So I'll just say I won't see it. I'll tell you one thing. It's funny. They handle the Shark Boy recast kind of well. Okay. By having okay. him not take his mask off or say a single word. <laughs> okay. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> but Lava Girl does get a, a decent bit of lines for her role. Um, it's kind of cool because she does have an engagement ring or an actual uh, wedding ring. It's kind of neat little detail. Um, yeah. After I watched that, I watched The Fundamentals of Caring with Paul Rudd and Selena Gomez and that little crippled dude. Is that mm -hmm. new? Came out 2016. My aunt told me to watch that on uh, New Year's Eve, so I have got to watch that now that two people who I know have watched it and enjoyed it. You enjoyed it, right? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was pretty heartwarming. Yeah. Um, it had like a nice adult tone to it, too, so it was pretty cool. Because you know, a lot of heartwarming films you just watch in school kind of thing. It yeah. was like a mature version of one of those. Um, I am a That's simp cool. for Selena Gomez. <laughs> and so, simp! Yeah, I was excited to see this, whether or not, but... Um, she she plays like a rebel character, okay. And so you know the the lazy writing for rebels, we cuss a lot, you know. So um, I think not? she says the word fuck like thirty times. Oh, that's okay. that's a lot less than one of the time than one of the movies I watched that had that word in it. But just. It's weird hearing it from Selena Gomez, and she, I, her, her writing's kind of poor, to be honest with you. <laughs> Definitely not the best thing she's been in. Um, 28th, so Wonder better Woman. Than, oh, go ahead. Better or worse than her Spring Breakers performance? Dude, don't get me started on that. I got a Blu-ray copy of that coming in this week at some point. I probably found oh, one on no. eBay. <laughs> okay. Probably better, but it's different. Right. They're totally different characters. 28th saw Wonder Woman. 29th, I finally sat down to watch the two-hour and 40-minute movie American Honey. Another A24 flick with uh, Shia LaBeouf and Sasha Lane. Okay. Great. Was that? Great slice of life movie, man. I loved it. Uh, I got to get to that. I like the Transformers. I, I loved American Honey so much. It's. I can't wait to talk about it. Our, for our A24 episode, so I'd like to dedicate time to this movie in that episode compared to talking about it here, because I feel like I'd be doing it as a service. <laughs> um, then moving on to television, been watching some Narcos, almost done of season one, enjoying that, of course. I watched a couple episodes of uh, Teen Mom 2. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. God, my parents wouldn't let me watch the original growing up. 
Um, and then lately, I've been watching the one and possibly only season because the creators are doing a lawsuit against Netflix now. Watching Outer Banks. Pretty good show. Good binge. I got one episode left. Um, nice drama series. You messaged me about that. I remember you told me that you liked it, but it might get canned because it's getting sued. Stranger yeah. Things also got sued. Really? For stealing yeah. someone else's pursuing someone else's idea and I they swept that completely under the rug and we're getting season four this year apparently. So I wouldn't be worrying about outer outer banks getting cancelled. Well see the, the lawsuit was filed like two or three days ago. What's the lawsuit for? Stealing idea? Something like that. Yeah. Though for this I doubt it. Cause there's I doubt it. You know, because when they do pitch shows, if, you know, I pitch a show to you and you don't like it, but you get an idea similar to it, you can do that legally, you know? You can take it. Like, uh, Rampage. You remember Rampage came out? And that was just like uh, that Godzilla that came out that year? Yeah, but Rampage is based off of a video game. I know, but I'm just saying, you know, like those movies kind of, you know, plots kind of are exactly the same, though, right? I didn't see Rampage. But... I didn't see either. <laughs> but... I'm not a big fan of But, Rock. yeah. Um, oh, but... Dwayne the Rock! <laughs> Definitely the biggest uh, highlight of my recent views was American Honey. Loved almost every second of that movie. Uh, Dakari, go ahead. You got five minutes, man. Starting now. Alright, so, um, the first movie I watched on New Year's Eve, because, you know, I already covered... Wonder Woman, Bottle Rocket, Mid-90s, Rush Hour 2, and Terminator, last episode. So, I watched on New Year's Eve, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which stars um, Viola Davis Don't and Chad. Don't spoil that, please. And, no, I'm not, I'm not. Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, both give possibly the, one of the, some of the best performances in their entire career. Chadwick Boseman might have given his best. And I'm not saying that because he's passed. I'm saying that because that's just how I feel. Because I feel as if in the role he was given, he represented he represented not only the source material, but himself extremely well. And I was completely like swept away by his performance in the movie. The movie's fucking incredible. Um, there's not a lot of movies that really show the reality of what um, black musicians had to go through um, during this time period to get their music released to the masses, you know. So it really kind of shows the harsh reality of that, you know, and we rarely get to see that in movies. And Ma Rainey's Black Bottom does that thing in the best way possible. My only gripe with it is, like, you know, a few of the technical aspects, you know. There's, like, some zoom-ins with the cinematography that I felt was kind of artificial, Nevertheless, this was a fantastic film. It this might be this is very close with um, the Five Bloods as my favorite film of 2020. It's very close. I can't choose between this one or the Five Bloods, but this one was fucking great, man. Definitely watch it as soon as you can. Still need to um, see the Five Bloods as well. Oh yeah, I still you need to see that as well. Bloods. Definitely watch the Five Bloods. And yesterday is a movie that my mom wanted me to watch with her. It's called Life in a Year. It stars uh, Jaden Smith and um, 
Cara Dele Cara Delevingne. Is that the girl sure from Suicide Squad? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty. Hey, hey. Let, let me tell you, the performances in this movie are actually pretty great. It it may seem like your average love story, you know, this young boy who's more privileged falls in love with this girl who's you know kind of down on her luck and really kind of has different viewpoints on life compared to the boy and you know also she's terminally ill so you know we've seen that many times but i really like how for the most part it kind of avoids the romance film cliches that so many of those types of movies fall under a lot nowadays and for the most part, it does. Um, the third act, not so much, but for like the majority of the movie, it does a good job in trying to really kind of make their dynamic more refreshing because they're two different people. And to see them really have the conversations that they have with one another, I thought was very interesting. It kept me engaged about the entire movie. And I actually ended up caring about, you know, the things that actually unfolded at the end of the film. And Jalen Smith is actually very good in this movie, and I'm and he and I'm not sure about his music. Of course, you know his music. That's another conversation for another time. But him as an actor, I believe he was pretty great in this movie. Her and Kara were great in this movie, and Cuba Gooding Jr. and Neil Long play his parents in this movie, which is actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend checking it out. I thought it was pretty good. Not gonna lie, I almost teared up a little bit. And um, <clears throat> there's some interesting cameos in this movie as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I need to um, give it a watch before our next episode, for sure. Yeah, you should watch it. It's on Prime Video. Any any other views to recently watch? Did you watch Fisher King yet? Oh, no. I'm, I'm probably going to watch that tonight or maybe tomorrow. Watch it tonight. I want to hear your thoughts so badly on Fisher King, man. All right. Um, well, Danilo, go ahead, bro. Since Dakari's up with the one film. All right. First thing I watched, I watched it on the 30th. I watched movies before that, but I'll save everyone some time. The first thing I watched on December 30th was The Death of to 2020. Awful. Don't ever watch that Awful. movie. It's an hour. It's an hour you'll it. never get back in life. It's an Holy. hour you'll never get back in life. Is it that bad? I was, it's it's uh, I hate to use this word, but I use it because I have the freedom of speech. It's straight up retarded. <laughs> That's how bad it is. How is it retarded? It's all <laughs> watch twenty minutes of it. If you get through more of that, then finish it. It's Dude, only an hour. Wait, I don't recommend it though. Was fucking Leslie Jones? I hate that bitch. Oh, she, you're not a Leslie Jones fan. See, I, if there was one person in this world that I could sucker punch and get absolutely away with it. It would be Leslie Jones. She's not okay. that bad. I, I don't have a problem with it. it. It was just a bad movie, bad production. It was weird. I don't know why they were recreating like archetype characters for it. If they literally got some Joe off the street, it would have probably made it a lot more interesting than just having stars play, quote-unquote, average Joes. Yeah. Anyway, though, don't watch that one. On the 26th of December, though, I watched Shutter Island for the first time. Uh, DiCaprio and Scorsese once in Buffalo. Once again, knock it out with a classic. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, the atmosphere Scorsese created. It had good horror elements to it. Uh, don't want to spoil anything, but it really does have you guessing, honestly, until the last 10 minutes. Okay. I thought, you know, I really enjoyed it. But 
if you know anything about me, Scorsese is my favorite filmmaker. So anything he does, you know, I really enjoy. Good the choice. 20th, 27th of December, I watched the movie called Tombstone. Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, and um, my dad loves this movie. He, That's like, a Western, you know, he, right? Yeah, he loves this movie. So I said, I we got it for him for Father's Day this year, and I said, hey, we'll watch it uh, over break, and we did. I love this movie. Just the quick-witted like lines they had. Some of them had it was like, "Are you? Are you? Uh, what was? What was a good line?" He's like, "Oh, I'm your Huckleberry. Are you gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? Just things like that, you know, quick-witted, mm-hmm. kind of sarcastic." And I really enjoyed that. Um, not like, you know, great story, not like a great plot storytelling, kind of run of the mill Western. They get them at the end, but it it was really good. Okay. Trial of Chicago. Yeah. You guys for sure should. I, Val Kilmer kills it. He's, uh, he's Doc Holliday and he, he's dope. Hmm. The trial of Chicago seven. I finally got around to watching it. Uh, that Netflix original with the uh, Sasha Barra Cohen and the Bruce Wayne from uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Christian oh, Bale. God. No, Bruce, uh, not Bruce Wayne, Robin from the third one. What's Joseph his name? Gordon-Levitt. Oh, Joseph Gordon. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he would. I loved that movie. If you're someone who likes rebellion type stories, they just keep on fighting the system. This is the movie for you to watch. This movie had me dying of laughter with some of the comebacks these people had. And it kind of ties into a movie that comes out next year, which I'm actually excited for, which I forgot to mention. And that's The Assassination of Fred Hampton, played by Daniel Kaluuya, uh, the Get Out actor. So that's what I'm also excited for. Thank but you the for referring Chicago... to as the, the Get Out actor. <laughs> so you're, talking about oh, Ju- yeah. you're talking about Judah and the Black Messiah? Yes. Yes. And so, I don't know. Just I learn history a lot from movies. I don't read books. I don't uh, listen in school. But for movies, if it's in a movie, it'll stick with me. And The Child of Chicago 7 will for sure stick with me. Then I watched Death to 2020. What a fucking waste of time. What, like, what cocksucker came up with that movie? Then I watched, on January 1st, one of the most testosterone-filled movies of all time. What's known as the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Good movie. It has great moments in it, great scenes, and it creates a pretty good movie. But altogether, I don't think it's that great of a movie. But I still love it. You know, it's long. It's three hours almost. It's I've never seen yeah. It, I think actually. it's I think it's three hours. I haven't seen yeah. the movie, but I did research on it. And it's long, but when you watch it in full, like, there's not really a lot you can get rid of. Almost everything ties with something else, but it just has great moments, if that makes sense. Great moments, which create a, a good, an okay film. Hey, but, that's good. You piece. know. That's uh, free on IMDb TV, <laughs> which is also free, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, that's free that on all... IMDb TV? Yeah. So that's all I watched. Um... I, I I I like those movies. I what rewatched them. You know, my highlight movie? Yeah, of your recent views. Try, excuse me. The Trial of Chicago 7, for sure. Okay. Hands down. My highlight was 
Go ahead. That's tied for one for number one of 2020 with Tenet, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of a slow burner, long, like two, 220, 210, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's 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 worth it, you know. It's not like uh, Wonder Woman, where they just drag down the plot for <laughs> no reason. I get it. That's a good comparison. Uh, yeah, my highlight of the two recent films that I saw is definitely Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That shit was incredible. You that was, that was the only that recent one. you have. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, good highlight. And I watched The Office before it left Netflix. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. I've been seeing how bad NBC is promoting Peacock for The Office. Yeah, I love, bad. love, love The Office, but Jesus, I'm not paying for Peacock. No. I did the... Yeah, I'm not paying for that. It's like, yeah, the episodes are free on our service. Yeah, the first two. Fucking... Fucking... I have them all on. Uh, oh, really? That's good. I know Voodoo had a sale at him, on him for a bit. But. Yeah, yeah, we, we bought them off physically, except for the last season. Okay. Which I mean, who, who even cares about season nine of The Office? I I stopped watching when uh I always stop watching when uh Michael Scott leaves and Andy takes over. Oh, fair enough. Fair I enough. I cannot stand Andy Bernard, one of my most hated <laughs> characters in all of uh video, film, and all that TV. Yeah, I like Andy for the most part, but still, I feel him. Speaking of TV, I've watched um, Cobra Kai season three recently. Don't don't even say a word, man. I need to get into. It. I, know, I know. I know. Listen, this show is is incredible. For the most part, it's pretty amazing, especially in regards to it being a sequel, a pure sequel to the first three Karate Kid movies. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much filling like almost every single arc from those movies, pretty mm-hmm. much. And it's a must see in that regard. I thought I thought this season was great, but the first two were pretty incredible, especially the first one. Yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it at some point. Please do. I have not. I've only seen the first Karate Kid. I don't really care for the Karate Kid, so I'm not going to watch Cobra Kai. Oh come on! I know that's a hot take. I don't know why. I just think it into the Karate Kid. It just wasn't, you know. I'm not doing it. I, I, feel like I need to rewatch so. the first one. I have it on 4K and I'm going to rewatch it. Oh, okay. I hear the Cobra Kai is great, though. Season Cobra 1, Cobra Kai two, is awesome. And 3. But I, I have no interest in watching it. But eventually yeah. I'll get to it. Well, I think I, that about wraps it up for the most part. Yeah. Any last comments, you guys? Do we no. plug ourselves? Can we plug, yeah, you can plug yourself all fucking day? <laughs> well, I, well, I'm just saying, you know, last time it just kind of ended, you know, you were the only one who said bye and like none of us are like, Dude, I all was right, fucking bye, tired. I, I was up for 24 hours. Shut I know. That's why, that's, why, that's why I'm asking. Do, do we like kind of plug ourselves here? Plug at the yourself, end? Like, asshole. Jesus Christ. Uh, also, well, I, I'm just, I'm oh. just saying, you know. Fuck you. Also, I got some notes. I got some notes. I started No, dude, because you're just going to cut it out at the end, you fuck. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to be like, bye, guys. You can follow me on and then cut. <laughs> Bro, I almost forgot about this. Um, I started watching, um, you know, you know the documentary Pumping Iron with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, I'm sorry. What? 
Pumping <laughs> iron. Iron. Oh, dude, I was like, what are you watching, bro? <laughs> no, bro, it, it's it's basically a bodybuilding documentary. I don't know. I was bored one day, and I just decided to start watching it, and it's very interesting. You know, it, it, it it's... It's it's a real documentary. It, it really gives insight on why the people do what they do, and then the concept behind bodybuilding and how it's almost like you know, sculpting a piece of art and everything on your own. You know, it just gives you a different perspective on something that we really kind of jump to conclusions about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And right. it's very interesting, especially hearing Arnold talk about it. Hmm. Well, Daniel, go ahead and plug yourself in, asshole. <laughs> well, dude, I don't want to be the only one that plugs myself, you know, but if you want, you can follow me on Twitter at Danilo Judd, uh, D-A-N-I-L-O-J-U-D-D, or Instagram, add a one to that, Danilo Judd one. <laughs> All right, well, you guys can follow me on Instagram at DTH0508. Those are my initials and my birthday, just in case you didn't know, and Twitter is uh, Dakari Holder, just my first and last name put together, just with the first um, letters capitalized. Um, and, you know, Facebook is just my first and last name. And, of course, my YouTube is my first and last name as well. What's the last four of your social? Hmm? The last four of your social? I need those two. The, the last four of my social? Yeah, it's for yeah, social, social security. Purposes. Yeah. What do you mean by the last four of my social? I'm lost. Your social security number. What's your last four digits, you know? Oh, it's one, two, three, four. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, boy. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, especially a written one. That would really help us out a lot. And we'll see you guys next week, or we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> see you around, pimps. See you. Have a good one, guys. Peace.